Recording started. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. It is again, Heavenly Father, that we come before your throne, offering you the fruit of our lips, which is the sacrifice of praise. We thank you today, Heavenly Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. Birds are singing, wind is blowing, grass is growing. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for life, for health, for strength. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for food on our tables for clothes on our backs, for shoes on our feet. So many things, Father, that you do to us, through us, and for us. We give you all glory, all the honor and all the praise. Again, Heavenly Father, we must ask that you forgive us of our sins, that we have grievously committed against you in either thought, word, or deed. Have mercy upon us, Father. Have mercy upon us. Father, we ask that as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, that you will make us work men, work women, don't need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. We pray today that your spirit will rightly divide your word of truth, that we may understand, speak, and do your good, pleasing, and perfect. Thank you, Father, in advance, as we are trusting that you are going to do these things for us. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed that God's people around the world. Amen. And amen. Hold on on that. God bless you, children of God.
we do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ our soon coming King we do thank him and praise him for this is the day that he has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Let's go to Facebook there. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide, headquarters here in Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears millions of God's people all over the world. We do thank God again for this day that he has made. It would not be right for us not to give him glory and not to give him honor and not to give him praise for this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Uh, Saints, we're going to take a look today at the book of First John chapter two with a special focus on verse one. First John chapter two and verse one. From the New International Version, our scripture reads as follows. John writes, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We're going to work from a theme today Anybody does sin. Anybody does sin. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, again, we thank you. We praise you. We pray, Father, you speak to us, through us, and for us as we study to show yourselves approved unto you. 
Help us, Heavenly Father, to do your blessed will. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. God's people say amen. Anybody does sin. Understanding that truth that anybody does sin is one of the greatest revelations that you and I will ever receive in this life. Anybody what does sin? Unsaved does sin? Saved what? Does sin. Righteous does sin. Wicked does anybody does sin. Now you say, why is that such a great revelation? That is a great revelation because if you and I don't understand that we still sin and that we are only saved by the grace and the mercy of God, we will start thinking we are better than someone. We are start start thinking more highly of ourselves. What? Then we ought. Keep in mind, my brother, keep in mind, my sister, that anybody does sin. We are not angels. All right. We are men. Scripture lets us to know when you go back, just go back to first John one and eight, the scripture that John was speaking about uh, before this. John says in first John one and eight, if we claim to be without sin. Now, the tragic thing is you have some so-called believers that uh, have been deceived by the adversary. Whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, the Bible says if we claim to be without sin, whoever we are. I, I, listen, I know something about you if you claim to be without sin. I know something. I know something about you should know something about me if I claim to be without sin. You say, Apostle, what is that? If you and I claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. In other words, we don't have anybody fooled but us. Now, there are two times when the Bible talks about that, that come up in my spirit, when the Bible talks about uh, deceiving ourselves. Now, remember my brother and remember my sister, God has given us the ability to deceive our own selves. Now, we don't want to do this. We shouldn't do this. This is not right to do, but this is what? Possible. Now, there are two times. You say, Apostle, what are these two times in the scripture where it says we can deceive ourselves? Well, these are two, these are two instances where you can know that a person is self-deceived or that you are self-deceived. If you are claiming that you have no what? Sin, know that you are self-deceived. Know that you have tricked yourself. Know that you have lied to your own self. 
know that you need to come out of that state just as quickly as possible so that you don't have to be sent to hell. So that's one way to know that we have been self what deceived if we claim that we have no sin. Now, in another portion of scripture in the book of James, the scripture says that if any man claims to be religious and does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and the truth is not in him. Now, another way we can know we are self-deceived if we're just talking too much. If we claim or we seem to be religious, but we're doing too much talking, we can deceive ourselves in that way too. So I want to encourage each of us, let us be mindful. Let us be careful with these two methods of self-deception. If we claim we have no sin, and if we don't keep a tight rein on these tongues and we think we're religious, we're deceiving ourselves. Well, John writes that if we're going to deal with claiming to be without sin. Now, now what is sin? All unrighteousness. Now, your sin may not be my sin. My sin may not be your sin. Our sin may not be his sin. His sin may... We all may have different sins, but make no mistake about it. We all have sin. We all have some things that we're not doing just right. We all have some things that we are not saying just right. We all have some things that we are thinking that are not just right. We all have sin. So if we claim to be without sin? Wait a minute, you don't have any sin? You don't do anything wrong? I know you won't point the finger at the whoremongers or the prostitutes or the, the drunkards, but what about your sin? See. Now you claim you have no sin, then the Bible says you have deceived yourself. And God said, that's not the end of that. That that See, that would be bad enough just to be deceiving ourselves. But then God turns around and says, and the truth is not in you. My prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for me, may the truth be in us. When, when we start looking at and wanting to point the finger at our neighbor, let us remember that we too. One of the saints is putting up the hand. Well, when you point one finger at your neighbor, you got four fingers pointed back at you. Let us remember that we too have not dotted every eye, nor crossed every T. We are, that is why we are all in need of a savior. That is why we are all in need of an advocate. See, an advocate is someone who speaks on your behalf. See, I don't know who you think you are or who I may think I am, but what we need is Jesus talking for us before God. You talking before God regarded you, me talking before talking to God uh, regarding me is not going to get it done. My prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we will have what? 
Jesus talking for us. Jesus is our advocate. He is the one who speaks, who petitions God, who who is able to get God to do some things for us and to us and through us, not because we say it so, but because he said so. We thank God today for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was, is, and is to come. We want the truth to be in us. So in order to have Jesus in us, we must confess that we too have sin. Now, I'm not talking about unsaved, your unsaved sins. We're not talking about that. God has saved us from that. I'm talking about your saved sins. Uh Oh, I'm talking about my saved sins. We are born again. We have accepted Jesus Christ. We are in the faith. I'm talking about the sins that we are committing now. Some of us want to talk about sin as if it's past tense. No, sin is sin is present tense. Now, you say, Apostle, what we need to do? Because now watch this now. And I think I shared this in Pakistan a few weeks ago. We know that sin is the wrong thing. Always remember, if we do the wrong thing, that's sin transgression of the law all unrighteousness is sin okay now the bible says in verse 9 if we confess our sins now if we have the wrong thing or since we have the wrong thing which is sin and if we don't do the right thing with sin we have just made a double error sin is the wrong thing not confessing it is another wrong thing But the Bible says, if we confess our sin, in other words, we got this wrong thing in us, which is sin, but we did the right thing with it, which is confess it. Then the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want to encourage you today, my brother. I want to encourage you today, my sister. May we do the right thing with the wrong thing. What is the wrong thing? sin what is the right thing to do with sin confess it may we not do the wrong thing with the wrong thing now i think about something me and one of the saints were talking about a few days ago in regards to one of our um former uh members had some sons that grew up you know we working with them since they were very, very small, three, four years old. They were sweet, beautiful little boys. But when they grew up, the adversary deceived them and they came some of the most notorious gangsters this area has ever seen. And uh, while they were committing atrocities and on the run from the law the mother it is reported either went to see them or knew where they were or was helping them uh elude and evade police well we knew that the the young men had done the wrong thing but then the mother came in helping them 
to elude and evade the law. She did the wrong thing with the wrong thing. And they end up locking her up for uh, assisting these sons. So, so, so God, understand that God is very much in favor of you and me when we do the wrong thing. The next move is not to do another wrong thing. The next move should be to do what? The right thing. My prayer for you. My prayer for me. That maybe we do the right thing with the wrong thing. We've committed sin. Adam, I often, I often wonder if when Adam had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was the wrong thing, which was disobedience to God, instead of him trying to hide among the trees of the garden and trying to slip away from God and blame it on his wife and do it, if he'd have busted out, Lord, I just sinned. Lord, where you at? I don't know where you at, but Lord, I just sinned. I, I ate the, some of the fruit from the tree which you commanded me not. Just go on and tell God the truth. See, the Bible says that God desires truth. What? From our inner parts. Just go on and tell the truth. You know, sometimes God asks me, Robert, what are you doing? I'd be like, Lord, I'm sinning. Lord, I'm lusting. Lord, I'm lying. Lord, that, this is truth, Lord. It, how am I going to lie to someone who knows what I'm going to do before I even do it? It is a stupid thing for you and I to lie and to try to lie to God. He knows everything. He sees everything. He can do anything he wants to do. Go and tell God the truth. Lying to God is... is is one of the worst things we can do because we look ridiculous to him. One of the saints is asking a very good question. She's saying, why do we think mercy is renewed? The Bible says mercy is renewed every morning. Every morning. I mean that before we even get up and get started with our activities, God has already renewed mercy in your life and in my life. Because he know we need mercy every morning. Now, if we confess, so so what we're talking about in verse we're talking in verse eight, we're talking about the wrong thing, claiming to be without sin, and, and how detrimental that is. But nine is telling us how to do the right thing with the wrong thing. Confess our sin. Because he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, here we are again doing. So what these portions of scripture is doing is letting us know the right thing with the wrong or doing or doing the wrong thing with the wrong thing or doing the right thing with the wrong thing. See, that's what we compound problems when we when we come in, you 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 come home, and uh, you know maybe you've done something wrong. Then you've done something wrong, or I've done something wrong. The police come by and ask us about that thing. 
and then we tell the police a lie. Well, now we have done something wrong, and then we have done the wrong thing with something wrong, and that makes our punishment even more severe. But if when the police come by and ask us, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Bryant, uh, Pastor Bryant, do you know anything about the uh, stop sign that was knocked down on Elm Street and, uh, and and Washington Street? Yes, sir. I knocked it down by mistake. Now we have done the right thing with what? With the wrong thing. Now, I remember once <laughs> when I would first gotten saved, <laughs> my, my conscience was very, very uh, sensitive. I had uh, I had knocked down a sign and that that, you know, that this is actually coming up in my spirit again. I had knocked down a stop sign playing around while I was driving, knocked down a stop sign. Ran it over, boom, ran into a tree, wham. And uh, went to my grandfather and I told my grand my grandfather, I said, Grandpa, I want to talk to you about something. He said, what's that sign? I said, uh, I was, you know, playing with my girlfriend. Uh, and we ran over a stop sign and uh, ran into the tree. I said, uh, I'm going down to the, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm going down to the police station and turn myself in. And <laughs> my grandfather looked at me. He said, what? I said, yeah, I'm going to go down to the police station and turn myself in for knocking down the stop sign. He said, son, son. I said, yes, sir. He said, nobody has asked you anything, have they? I said, no, sir. He said, well, then you don't have anything to say. I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I was trying, one of the things is laughing so hard. I was trying to do the what? Right? I had done the wrong thing. Playing with my uh, uh, girlfriend and knocked me, run over a stop side down and run into a tree. I had done the wrong thing. And so I, I thought that I was going to do uh, the right thing by turning myself in. But Grandpa said, wait a minute. I said, no, has anybody asked you anything? I said, no, sir. He said, well, then you don't have anything to say. <laughs> I'll never forget that, children of God. So I just want to encourage each of us. Let's try our best not to sin. And that's, this is what... This is what John is talking about here. Look at verse two and verse one, and we're about to close. John says in verse one, my dear children, I write this to you so that what? You will not sin. Now, that, that is our goal. That is what you and I are aiming for and are trying to do. And, and this is what we're trying not to sin. If you ever wonder what, what is it, you know, what is the end game of this Christianity? It's for you and for me not to sin. That's what God is trying to get us as children of God. That's what all the teaching, all the preaching, all the, the worship. Sir, it, it's about you and I stopping this thing called sin, trying and you and I not sinning. Well, that's why John, John said that's why I wrote these words. I write this to you so that you will not sin. John said that's the end game. That's what we're trying to accomplish here. It's important for you and I to know the end game. You know, what is the goal? What are we trying to, what is, what is the, you know, what, what are we trying to do here? We're trying not to sin. But then John comes back and says, 
but if anybody does sin, why did he come back like this? Because he know that even though he wrote it for us not to sin, what do we do every day? Sin. One way or another, we sin. Either we said something God didn't tell us to say, or we didn't say something God told us to say. Either we went somewhere God told us not to go, or we didn't go somewhere that God told us to go. Every day, we commit this thing called sin. That's why we say anybody does sin. But what John wants us to understand, if we do sin, or since we do sin, for us not to be overcome with grief, overcome with shame, overcome with remorse. Why? Because we have an advocate with the Father. As you and I have someone that is speaking to God on our behalf, basically saying, God, Father, don't kill him. Don't kill her. Because any of our sin deserves to die. The wages of sin, come on somebody, is what? Death. So we thank God every day that we are not receiving the payment for our sins. God said, I could pay you for your sins, Robert. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, a, I'm scared. The thought of that, because I know what the payment for is for my sins. It's what? Death. God said, that's what I could do to you all. I could just kill y'all like I did in Noah's day. God paid the people of Noah's day for their sin. He killed everybody except for Noah and his family. God simply paid everybody. God said, well, I paid you for your sin. You work for sin and I paid you. What's the problem? And see, the thing is, God said, if I killed everybody today, Robert, I'd be justified. You all sin. If any, I just told you, if anyone claims to be without sin, he deceives himself. So God said, one thing I'm doing is I'm withholding the payment for your sin. We ought to thank God every day that he is not paying us what? For our sin. No, I didn't say not. I didn't say not paying a prostitute. I didn't say not paying the tax collector. I'm saying not not paying the church. I'm saying not paying the apostles. They're not paying the prophets, not paying the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers for their sin. We thank God today. We have an advocate. We have someone that is speaking to God on our behalf. Jesus Christ, the what? The righteous one, capitalized. Righteous one, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, is not the same as me, the righteous one, or you, the righteous one. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, is capitalized, meaning that perfection. Jesus Christ, he, he was so righteous, he was perfect. We are not, we haven't obtained that yet. We haven't gotten to that point yet. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, capitalized, perfect one. He is the atoning sacrifice, atone at one. He is the one. In other words, he is the sacrifice that made perfect God able to reconnect with imperfect man. 
atoning at one at one takes a perfect God and reconnects him with an imperfect man at one. That's what atonement means at one meant. God has made oneness with God possible again. God, Jesus Christ has made oneness with God, made us able to reconnect with our God. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. See, without that atoning sacrifice, we couldn't reconnect with God because we have sin and God has no sin. But now that Jesus Christ came, live, bled, suffered and die, even with our sins, even with our unrighteousness, even with our shortcomings, we can reconnect with God. Who is perfect, who is holy, who is righteous. It's like trying to mix Jesus Christ and what I'm seeing in the spirit. Normally, you cannot mix oil and what? Water. They, they won't mix. Normally, a perfect God won't mix with a sinful man. But Jesus Christ has made it possible. For Thank you, Holy Spirit. For a perfect God to mix, to be at one, to be at peace. With a sinful man. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you, Lord. 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 He is the atoning sacrifice. Watch this. For our sins. And not only for ours. But for the sins of the world. Now, the difference between our sins as the church. And the world's sins as the world is that because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, our saves, our sins get forgiven. That's the difference. That's the only difference. Sin is sin, whether it's a righteous man or whether it's a, a wicked man, whether it's a saved man or whether it's an unsaved man. Sin is sin. But the difference is our sins, our unrighteousness has now been covered by the blood. Come on, somebody, of Jesus. He, he's an atoning sacrifice for our sins and for the sins of the world. The difference is the sins of the world, the, the world has not acknowledged him yet. We have. That's the difference. That's the difference. Our sins have been forgiven. The world's sins have not. Our sins have been atoned for. The, the world's sins have not. Not that we don't sin. Go back to 1 John 2, 1 and 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Two things that Lord let me to know that each of us have in common as children of God. Or well, one thing us and the unsaved world have in common. This thing called sin. That's one thing that the unsaved world does. And that's one thing that we do as Christians. Now, we we shouldn't and we're trying not to. And we work. But the reality is that's what we do. In one way, what? Or another. 
the difference between us and the unsaved world is as my sister told as my sister told me uh one of the sisters told me a little earlier about my brother in the hospital and we're going to pray for them uh is that he accepted jesus christ as his lord and savior that's the difference between us and the unsaved world that's the difference between those of us who end up in the presence of god for all eternity and those who end up sent to the lake of fire and burn us off for all eternity. One group sins have been atoned, forgiven. Another group has not. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. May we have our sins atoned for in the mighty name of Jesus. May we have our sins forgiven. Don't do the wrong thing with the wrong thing. Do the what? Right thing with the wrong thing. Sin is the wrong thing in all of us. Right thing is for us to confess, for us to renounce. That way God can, can bless us with his mercy. But if we try to conceal our sins, God said he, he'll fix it so we won't prosper. We won't prosper. Well, children of God, that's the message. That's the message. We pray that God has blessed and been a blessing to you and to me and that heaven may continue to smile on each of you. Saints, let us get a closing selection in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Let's put that. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. Saints, you can reach us through email at https colon forward slash forward slash thadfg dot com forward slash tccww. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes daily. On Facebook, join us on Robert Bryant. On YouTube, join us on the Christian Center Church channel. We can even be reached by phone at plus 252-525-4777. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on TalkShoe, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. God bless you and heaven smile on you in Jesus' name. Amen.